Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Stranger Than Fan Fiction. I'm uh, Alyssa. And I'm Irene, a.k.a. The Robinson Way of Life. And oh. also, I just want to add that you are also the rational dove on other platforms. <laughs> yes. Just to ease that in. I, I forgot. I forgot about my alternate identity as a bird uh, for yes. a brief moment, which, you know, shame on me. Uh, oh my god, I'm talking with a human? What? Oh, <laughs> so I'm sorry you, you have... catfished me. You birdfished me. <laughs> oh, whoops. I, uh, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, uh, welcome back, as I already said. And um, yeah. today we're going to uh, tackle yet another uh, Meet the Robinsons fan fiction. Um, at this time because, around... Because that's... This is the podcast where we review uh, decade-old Meet the Robinsons fan fiction. Yes, pretty much. Sometimes also, it's, even older it's than usually a mature. This one is fine, I think. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll make really bad, not safe for work jokes. I don't know, just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get there eventually. But anyway, um, so anyway. uh, this the today's fic that we are reviewing and talking about is The Only One Who Cared by Midnight Moon 14. Um, it is a another one shot, and it's, I think, shorter than the last one we did. I yeah, it's much shorter. Think, it has yeah. more attention than the last one. And this one, the author tells us their, like, real name. Yeah! I don't know if we is... should say it, but if you were to look at the fic, you would know this person's name. Yes. Yeah, they, they they actually put their, well, supposedly real name. Who knows? It could be a, a I pseudonym. mean, maybe it's also a pseudonym. Maybe. But, um, I... Kind of, it's kind of overkill, but, you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like, having both a first name and a last name for your pseudonym, like, that's pretty, that's pretty well, I mean, intense for a... Okay, I do that, fanfic. but... Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's intense to have Midnight Moon 14 and then to have your real name or like to have a second pseudonym yeah i guess if you were like really concerned with people finding out that you write fan fiction yeah definitely so either this person is like incredibly concerned with privacy and they're like falsely giving us their name or they just don't care and they're giving us their name yeah yep um so but a little bit more about midnight moon before we get into the meat of the story uh, according to their um profile here which was last updated in 2009 um they oh, I actually didn't look at their profile What's yeah the tea, so? I, so uh they are interested so according uh at least i'm assuming at least at, by by 2009 if not before that point uh they got accepted into a state call quote quote state college for animation oh but if i'm accepted into an oh, art cool. college i'll go there instead so uh they oh. seem to be very interested in animation and studying that route so yeah they have monsters versus aliens icon they the, do like, the giant lady yeah yeah but it's also it's it's cross-processed so it's looking a little green <laughs> yeah um apparently like, remember when everybody edited their photos like that where everything yes. would look kind of like sunsetty mm -hmm. i do i do remember it's, that it's so dated i know it's, it's very 2005 
Um, I did they, that with all of my photos. And of course, apparently they've been on fanfiction.net since 2003. So their um, their number one favorite cartoon is Family Guy, Robot Chicken, and Fairly Odd Parents. Those are some very interesting choices. And then we got some shows. King of Queens is such an interesting favorite TV show choice. Maybe it's because I just never really liked that show. I don't know. What is it? King of Queens is a sitcom. It stars uh, James... J- uh, I forget his name. Uh, Paul Blart. That actor. Oh, that guy. Stars that guy. Uh, and he, I think he, 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 the plot is like, I think he works as a, like, delivery man, like a UPS equivalent kind of guy. Mm. And, okay. uh, he has a wife. Um, it, oh, he works in Queens, is that it? Yes, yeah, he, he lives oh, in I Queens. Oh, I thought it had to do with, like, drag queens. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> that it's wasn't a, really it's a, a big pretty, thing It's a pretty 2000s. basic sitcom, and I, I would liken it to Family Guy in terms of, like, the dynamic between... The husband and the wife, oh, kind of. Oh, no. At least from what I remember. It's been a while since I've seen an episode of King of Queens, but it was never really a sitcom that I particularly enjoyed, so... Damn. But considering that this person also liked Family Guy, I think it's pretty... It makes sense to me that they would also like King of Queens. Uh, but anyway... Yeah, they, they also... They like a lot of adult animation. They like... Uh, sorry, I have to get my wire. Sure. And they also like... Um... King of the Hill and Futurama and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which that last one has such weird animation, I just can't get into it. Mm. Also, I, their their favorite movies are pretty eclectic. I mean, most of them are pretty obvious. Like, a lot of them are, you know, Disney animated movies. But some of them are, like, No Country for Old Men, which is, like, <laughs> such a different... They like a lot of Burton movies. They They do. Both they do. Danny Elfman and Tim Burton are their idols, and Danny Elfman composed Meet the Robinsons as well as many Tim Burton movies. That is true. That he he did. But yeah, very interesting. Although you know, I respect someone who has varied tastes. You know. Yeah, they have a notice here that because they're starting college, they're going to focus more on school. Yeah. And they're also working on a comic, which you know, good for them if they actually got that off the ground. Yeah. I do wish nothing it but the best for this so author. Much to you know, make a comment. I, I don't. Ooh. I don't. There, there are like. I think there are very few fan fiction authors that I have actual like <laughs> vengeful feelings towards. So I always just wish yeah. these people my best, I even mean, if they write like really like bad stuff. Are, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of like a fan fiction author that I would like actually hate, but some like worse. Sometimes I just pity them. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a well, strong like, I hope that they're I they're in a to. better place than they were when they wrote whatever they're writing. Yeah, sometimes they write stuff that like reflects like very um, I don't want to be judgmental, but very peculiar worldviews that yeah. concern me mm-hmm. a lot. I agree. But interestingly, this person is the manager because I'm looking at the communities tab, and they're the manager of. The Jimmy, Cindy, and Sheen Libby fanfiction community. Huh. I didn't even consider the Jimmy Neutron fandom. Uh, yeah, me neither. That's a, uh, that's although they have written stories for Jimmy Neutron, so. And I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, Jimmy Neutron isn't too far removed from Meet the Robinsons, if you think about it. It has that 50s They're very look. similar. It's about a mad yeah. scientist. 
there are parents involved, yeah, in the, you know. <laughs> there are parents. There are par the 50s, uh, parents were... are a big part of the film in both movies. Yeah, unlike it's a revolutionary thing in animation where they show the parents' faces and voices. Yeah. Amazing. I know. Yeah, because in the 50s, they were obsessed with, like, science and, like, yeah. atomic energy. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of, like, brainiac stories with 1950s aesthetics. Because Jimmy Neutron is actually set in the 50s, but it's not very obvious. Oh, is it now? I did not know that. I think it is. If you, like, look at a lot of different clues, like, especially, like, with Jimmy's mom, mm -hmm. she's got, like, that Lana Del Rey hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, you know what? You know what? I never People thought about that, but, but she really does. Like, she... But, like, they look... They're the same person, you guys. <laughs> yeah, like, if person. Lana Del Rey decided to become a housewife, that's exactly what she would look like. Like, I actually have, like, her Born to Die album, for the cover, I have a meme where somebody photoshopped the Jimmy Neutron mom onto the cover as the cover in my copy. It's funny. Oh my gosh, that's pretty great. But yeah, um... Anyways, it's, that's a tangent, but our point it's is It's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Definitely. They're also part of the, uh, what's it called? The Corpse Brides, Bridesmaids community, which is unfortunately empty. Oh. group of people who write Corpse Bride stories, you don't have to be female to be on here, stories are read before they're added. Mm -hmm. And the icon is that guy from uh, Shaolin Showdown, just like the, the the white guy with the brown hair. Oh, okay. I, I'm assuming everybody thinks he's hot. He looks like a fan favorite to me. Mm. I've also, confession, never watched Corpse, Corpse Bride. One of the okay, you should movies. watch Corpse Bride. <laughs> I know one of my favorite movies. Oh, really? It's oh my so gosh, it's cute. Cool. Yeah, I love it. I, I have watched, I have at least watched tale. Nightmare Before Christmas, so the haters, you That's can, like, you can, you can hold off. I just, I have not you watched Corpse Bride. You definitely have to watch it somewhere, but you definitely have to watch Nightmare Before Christmas somewhere between Halloween and Christmas. Yeah. Anytime mm -hmm. around there. Sometimes you could even watch it twice. Yeah. If you're, if you're that kind of person. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, Corpse Bride... I have so many facts about Corpse Bride, which would lead us into a tangent, but basically, it's a really cool movie that has, um, it's based off of, I think it's like a jerk, like a Russian, or like Jewish, or like, you know, in that area, like the Northern, mm -hmm. Eastern European mythology, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it has like one of the most complicated stop motion rigs ever made. It's so complicated that nobody has tried to recreate it. Wow. Yeah, no, I don't totally but respect. It's like, a cool movie. Pretty much, like even most... though I, I, I don't really respect Tim Burton anymore. It's a really good movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess I'll put that on my ever, ever extending list of movies to see. Um, yeah, I mean, if you do watch it, I would like to know your thoughts. Yeah, totally. Because I actually haven't seen it in a while. All right, well, I think yeah. that's anyway. enough about the author, right? Let's dive into The Fic, which yeah. has nine reviews, 13 faves, and for some reason, there's always someone who follows the one-shots. <laughs> right. So there's one follow. Mm -hmm. And it was published November 15, 2007, 
We are reading it in 2020. Yeah. 13 years later. We are will will one Wilbur away from when this fic was published. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are. All right. So, um I guess we should start with um I guess some things that we liked maybe or oh, well first let's actually read oh, the summary. Yeah. Let's read the summary so people okay, know what true. it's about if true, you true. haven't read it. Um so the summary yeah. says takes place during the movie. So I guess that means it's just it's in canon with the movie in theory. What happens when mm-hmm. Bowler Hat Guy accidentally bumps into Mildred after giving Goob bad advice? What can he say to the only woman who ever truly cared about him? One shot. Please read and reply. That's the summary. So yeah, so this it's... is a one of those. So it's one of the within the. So there's. I feel like there's always like some. Like different. Like if you're gonna stick within canon, there's like you know obviously three different time periods you could set effect right. There's the prequel. Which is well, mm-hmm. which in technically within MTR terms could happen. Well, within this the fic movie, is what but... I call a missing moment fic, where yes. it's something that's embedded into like the actual canon story, like a scene, mm-hmm. but it's just like something that was like quote unquote off camera. Yeah, so that's what this fic is, and the other one would be like a sequel, but mm-hmm. this one is is a yeah. There's like... prequel, sequel, and then there's the missing moment style. Yes. So this is one of those. So it, yeah. So it basically takes place, like right after Bowler Hat Guy is like, let her, let your feelings like stir and boil inside. I mean, they actually have the quote right there, as the first line of the fic to center you into it, which is take yeah, his feelings. Yeah, you can just picture, like Goob lying on his bed with the frozen peas on his face. Wait, isn't it? Isn't it like... a steak? I thought it was like he held like a steak to his face. Oh, I think it might be a steak. Yeah, because then he has that but line like, where he's like, oh, steak, you're my only friend, like, or something like they're that. They're poor. Why would you use a steak? Uh, I have no... Use peas. I have no anyway. idea. I think, but... um, I don't understand why this orphanage would let them do that. Crazy. <laughs> Maybe Mildred isn't as as thoughtful as she is portrayed, dun-dun-dun. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh... But yeah, so basically Question, it opens with... is Mildred evil? <laughs> well, isn't that an idea for a fanfic? Huh? Well, that's like... definitely not what this fic is saying. No, no. But... No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> Quite the opposite. S- s- no. But it, but yeah, so basically it opens with centering in on that moment with the quote of Bowler Hat Guy, like, with his younger self being all like, no, you gotta resent everything... You know. And uh, quick question: Are we starting with positives, or are we going chronologically through the story? Uh, which whatever we feel like doing. Because this man. will influence what I say next. Because okay, what? Because what I wanted to say is that the quote, the very first line has a typo, and because <laughs> oh, it it's a quote, this bothers me so much. So this is what the author wrote: Take this feelings and lock them away! Exclamation point. Let them fuel your actions. Let hate be your ally, and you'll be capable of wonderfully horrid things. And I'm just like, uh, just the the first of all, there's the this, which is incredibly distracting, and then second of all, there's like all these ellipses. Yeah. Which, like, to be the- theatrical, I guess they're necessary. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like you could have italicized. Yeah. Know. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But um 
Yeah, so anyway, but yeah, so we can go through chronologically or we can talk about things you liked and didn't like, whichever, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, so what's your first impression of this fic? So, uh, well, I mean, I think it's definitely, you know, one of those ideas that, like, kind of, that makes sense in a way that, like, mm -hmm. this is the kind of fic that I would expect someone to write. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because yeah, it's if a no pretty... one wrote a fic like this, I'd be disappointed. Actually. Yeah, like because it's a pretty, you know, Mildred in the movie is a very, you know, motherly presence, and mm -hmm. it makes sense that, um, you know, you know, you would think you would because like when if you're, if you're extrapolating about Bowler Hackey as a character, then Mildred fits into his backstory somewhere, right? Because in theory. He, she was like the, as far as we know at least, she was the only parental figure he really ever had. So, yeah. you know, it makes sense for someone to be like, yeah, you know, maybe Bullerhead Guy would have a lot of, like, affection for her. Um, Speaking and... of BHG's parental figures, mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of theories about what happened to Goob's parents. Yeah. And the most popular one is that they were, like, both killed at the same time. <laughs> In yes. some kind of freak accident. Mm -hmm. But I think this one this one has a new take on that. Yeah, it does. But what are your thoughts on like all of the all of people's theories on why Goob is orphaned, basically? So I haven't so as I as I'm as I mentioned in the for in our previous episode, but I'll mention it again, I have read lots of MTR fanfic. Uh yes. Mostly in preparation for this podcast, but also just because I'm insanely curious about weird things. But um uh, mm. I, I haven't, I honestly haven't read, like, there, I have definitely read fics that do talk about Goob's parents, um, although I would say the vast majority of fics that I've read about Goob don't necessarily talk about that. Sometimes they're more concerned about, like, his life after, in the future, yeah. post Doris's disappearance. Yeah, there's more, um, there's more BHG fics than there are Goob fics. Yeah. Um, but I do agree, most of them do involve, like, oh, they died in a car accident or something. Did you, did you ever in... read the weird checkmark fic? I don't... Mm, I'm not sure. I don't I don't think I have. I'm, I feel like I would have put it in my notes if I have I'm read excited it. to get to that one, because that one has just, like, stayed with me for years, because it's so strange. <laughs> yeah, right? That's such a strange reaction to having your parents die. Anyway... Um, but anyway, I will say, I think one of my, one of my, like, it is really interesting that they decided that, this is a very rare instance where, because in, in this fic, Goob is put into the orphanage because Child Serv Protective Services took him away from his family, and his family was abusive. Mm -hmm. Which, mm -hmm. you don't, which is weird, because you don't see that very often in the fanfics. I think a lot of authors are yeah. hesitating to have that be the reason why someone is put into yeah, the there are, orphanage there are or foster care system. To putting a lot of detail into a character's backstory. Yeah. So, like, the pro of having them die in a car crash is that it's so simple. You just need to say, oh, they died in a tragedy. And, yeah. like, you don't have to investigate Goop's relationship with his parents quite as much. It's not that complicated. And you right. can just, like, quickly move on. Yeah. Whereas if they're abused, then that kind of necessitates you exploring that a bit, you know? Right. Because it's it's such an intense topic. You you mm -hmm. kind of have to. Yeah. You can't just the... be like, 
oh, I'm abused. What's for dinner? <laughs> right. Right, yeah, no, it it is a very double-edged sword, right? And especially, like, with the whole accident thing, if, if like, if they're young enough, if the child's young enough, then they might not, then it, then it's like they function never knew their parents, you know what I mean? Like, so it doesn't yeah. really have a negative effect on them in the same way that an abusive, like, situation Yeah, like, every, would. every cliche movie says, they're like, oh, it's okay, they died when I was really young. Yeah. You don't need to apologize. Yeah, so... so I mean, I, I do... I do congratulate them for being... For trying to be, like, a little bit original. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how original they are since they published this in, like... Oh, they published in 2008, so, you know. Yeah. But... I mean, they tried to be original, but I also think that they went into a direction that's a little too intense to just, like, passively mention it yeah yeah i do agree also weirdly enough i i kind of question the k plus rating (laughs) of this fic if only just because like i don't know like not say i'm not because like in my mind k plus is like the equivalent of like a pg rating right and i mean pg ratings are kind of are pretty fluid you know like you know, especially over well, time, right? Because, like... This fic doesn't really go into the abuse. They just kind of no, mention it. No, it's just kind of mentioned. Um, so, and I and I guess, like, PG material does Yeah, I feel like that's abuse. fine for kids, though. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think mm-hmm. the, the bad... The things that should not be shown to children are things that they... That are, like, definitely beyond their comprehension or things that will present them ideas that they're not able to absorb critically in a bad way Mm -hmm. but kids understand like the very basic functions of abuse and they understand like violence is death yeah they just don't have like the emotional nuance of an adult but i think right I, i feel like the writing is fine yeah um so but but yeah i do i do feel like um like, I, on one hand, I, I think it is, at least considering all the fics that I read, it is sort of refreshing-ish that they have a different situation. Like they tried. But, yeah. But I also really can't give it, like, flying colors because there's a reason why no one really brings up abuse like this, you know, because of what you said. Like, it kind of necessitates. Because mm-hmm. then I think you, I think you kind of, like... It kind of asks a lot of questions, like, you're thinking, so is part, like, because then you go down this mental tangent of, like, well, how did the abuse affect Goob? Like, did, you know? Yeah, because the point of a tragic backstory is to say how this affected this character's personality. Yeah. Or sometimes it's to kind of excuse, like, their damaged behavior, and it's like, oh, it's because they're traumatized. Right. Or, you know, something like that. And then to just bring it up really passively is, like, you're 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 too in between the two things you know yeah definitely you have to um, commit. yeah so it is kind of a little unfortunate that we just kind of breeze past that kind of point um mm-hmm. well we were trying to name positives right <laughs> right so what what do i like about it um <clears throat> well i mean as always i feel like i gotta give a token positive thing for it being you know legible i think there are more typos in this than i think our previous one 
Um, yeah, it's not it's not uh, the mall levels of legible, but we <laughs> no, can no. read it. No, but we I can comprehend what's happening ninety percent of it. And like it's it the formatting's pretty okay. The typos, like even if there is a typo, I typically at least know what they're trying to get at. Whereas you know there are definitely fix where it's like, well, whatever they said, yeah, I bet it meant something. No idea. <laughs> Or it's like, this could be taken five different ways. Uh, but uh, either way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, one of the things that's also interesting about it is... Uh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Um, I Ooh. But I don't know. Do I? I'm trying to think of other good things about this. I just kind of like took notes, but I don't know if I had too many specific, like, m moods about, um, something that's, something about something specifically good that I liked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this thing is terrible. That makes it sound like I think I hated it, which I didn't. I just, I don't know. Um, I, I think the concept is strong. Put it that way. Yeah. I yeah, think I, I think the the premise is strong, and I think it 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 investigates canon in a way that I think like makes sense, um, and also is actually interesting. You know, because it is one of those relationships that the that is not really dealt with in the movie. Like the only uh -huh. interaction between Mildred and Goob we get is the is like very early in the movie, and she they're never you never really see that yeah, developed. You get the idea that Goob thinks he's kind of above it all, so he acts yeah. as, like, a co-conspirator with Mildred, like, yeah. oh, we're both so annoyed with Lewis kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so he doesn't he doesn't let himself be babied at all, I think. He's, like, he's too jaded for that. No. But no, then he's... as he, he grows older, he kind of realizes, like, the, the nurture he was, like, missing out on, and yeah. he just regresses more and more. Yeah, so it, I do think, so I do appreciate and like that they, you know, saw that mm -hmm. and, like, went towards that. Um, because <clears throat> it, yeah, it does, my, yeah, it does, uh, it's, it's very, it's very strong concept. That's, like, my, my, yeah. one of my, my positive for this fic is basically the same thing. They, they are definitely making an effort to, like, push past, the, the goob slash BHG we saw in the movie and access a more vulnerable side of his character. Yeah. And they come they come to moments that are like almost sweet. Yeah. You know? So it's like you know, they're trying to be tragic and bittersweet about it and that that's why they have Mildred die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so it's like much more emotionally yeah. heightened. Mm-hmm. I think I think the idea, while it's not original, I think they definitely, you know, they tried. Yeah. And sometimes it works. Most of the time, I feel like they need some tweaks. Yeah. And one pro, one other pro, and it's like a very tiny pro, is that mm -hmm. she, is this passage, she was never too motherly on the kids for fear that the kids want to stay instead of having a family of their own. This is actually a very important principle that all social workers need to understand mm -hmm. that they have to establish boundaries so that the kids don't get too attached yeah 
Which is surprisingly something that a lot of fake authors don't understand. Well, I guess it's not surprising because how how should they know about so- how social workers operate? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. But like an orphanage is base is in reality it's a long term temporary home, mm-hmm. so they can't allow kids to stay there forever. Yeah. So, a lot of people like they have this idea that, like maybe Mildred will adopt Lewis and Goob, and I'm like, no, guys, she yeah. can't show favoritism like that. No, <laughs> that's can't. a horrible idea. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I also think, I think that part of the reason why, I think you can also tell that this author was definitely a little on the older side of fic writers. Um, I'd say, like, 13? I I mean, going by their... 10? At least going by their, um, their profile. Hang on. Yeah, let's... Because their profile mentions that they were... Like eight, but they don't necessarily. They weren't necessarily eighteen when they started the fic. No, no. Hang on, let me pull it up. Uh, um, but I don't know. They... I get, I get the, I get a, I get someone who definitely does like this. To me, Cause... this doesn't feel like so amateurish. Okay, so... I guess I don't know. But hang on. So they last updated in two thousand and nine, which is a year after. Okay, so you're right. If it's a year, if it's if they're in college a year after the fic was written, then they do. Then that would mean that they're like in their late teens when they wrote it. Yeah. Um. So at least that might be a way to explain like why that nuance is there. Um, yeah. They might have done research, or they might be aware of how social workers work, or. You know, they might come to that conclusion themselves, you know. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, do you have any other positives? I just mostly have uh, things I noticed that I'm like, I'm hmm. I'm trying to look through my notes here. Uh, okay. Like, they, they tried to take a concept that wasn't super original, but they tried to make it, like, emotionally resonant. So they kind of did everything that they could. Yeah, I, th- I think they explored the idea... And pretty deep. I think the moment after Goob hugs Mildred, if they had like tweaked a couple things, that scene could have actually really worked well. Yeah. Um, Number one thing I would do is eliminate all of the dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) Because that was so awkward and unnecessary. Uh, I knew you were going to bring up the dialogue. It was just the counter. Where she's like, "Um, why are you hugging me, sir? Which is. In the reviews, people, like, praise that for being funny, but I'm like, that is 100% not necessary. I know. I know. Oh, and then he's like, I uh, was just thanking you for uh, doing what you do, taking care of orphans, it's a truly hard job. And then Mildred's like, um, all right. Because, like, all of this is communicated, like, in the prose that happens right before. So Mildred is confused, but she's kind of humoring him, and Mm -hmm. he's like, um... Yeah, I'm a normal adult. Just ignore that. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the fic could have ended there with, like, some prose about how sad he is about Mildred or something. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah, unfortunately, the, the hug scene got kind of, kind of bungled, I guess, <laughs> with the yeah. dialogue, uh, so. Um, and this author uses a lot of ellipses. 
They, they do. Like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, in almost every dialogue lines, there's, there's ellipses. I mean, even in their author's notes, at the end, they're like, I know it's kind of sad and short, but I like the turnout. Yeah, so they could have just used like, commas, man. Commas are... Commas are like a good tool. Use your use commas. They're they're good. I think I think it's really because they want like drama and humor. So mm-hmm. the most dramatic punctuation out there is ellipses. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, well, it's just you, you can't overuse ellipses. <laughs> you just can't. Now that we've talked about some good stuff, let's let's talk about those things that were like. Maybe AKA this doesn't work. The meat of this sandwich because we <laughs> cannot live off of the very light salad that is the positives. No, we got we got to break into the meat. Here. Unfortunately, we, so, we need all food groups. So okay, I'm so curious as to what your like hot takes are about this fic. Right. I I oh, have thanks. some I have some hmm, me too stuff. Yours. So so I'm so gonna... what's your hot take? Well, I have okay. So my biggest like what moment in this fic was uh when what we moment? find out uh wait where is it? I swear it exists in this. Hold on. It's like how Oprah has an out. aha moment. Yeah. But when you're a fanfic reader, you just have what moments. <laughs> okay, so one of so one there's a couple what moments, but like my oh, one of boy. my well okay maybe not a couple. The take, first one, take a sip the every thing... time Alyssa identifies a what moment. So, so the biggest like this is kind of strange moment for me was when it was in this line. It says, "Throughout the years, Mildred has supported everyone in the orphanage equally." Equally, and Bowler Hack, I remember the times Mildred took him and the kids to the batting cages to play. Yeah, that's I how they that got hooked on weird. baseball. I was like, "What?" Like, okay, first of all. This I'm pretty I'm under the understanding, at least within the movie's context, that the orphanage is pretty, you know, poor. Like they're not and like oh well, well batting cages aren't necessarily a super expensive thing to do. Like taking mm-hmm. a bunch of kids to a batting cage is, you know, that's gonna cost you like a couple quite you know, at least a sizable sum of money, depending on how many kids you're taking. And also, I like, feel like maybe he's referring to like an isolated event because if if they went frequently to batting cages, I would like s- seriously question the orphanage's right like uh, uh, financial. Mm-hmm. What's the word? I'm like like accounting department basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, field trips, like pro bono field trips, especially for orphans is a thing that happens like mm-hmm. you can easily get donations you can get government funding you can get yeah. like, free tickets to stuff mm-hmm. so that can happen but i i definitely agree that like a batting cage is not the number one place you would take a yeah like weapons. like maybe if it had been like she took us to baseball games then i'd be like okay that checks out that <laughs> like, would make more sense like yeah. i've taken some and like not even like you could say like it's totally reasonable to like for an orphan. I would imagine like any an orphanage would take some kids to, like your local little. Yeah, I would or be more junior league or whatever. Um, yeah, I would expect more of the coach at the elementary school to take like the football team to batting cages or something. Yeah, to practice. Like, like batting cages are such a like specific activity. You know, like. It's yeah. not. It's not like a. And like fun... they could just play baseball in the yard. Yeah, so like, that's not. Like it's it's so. That's not 
Like batting, like to me, batting cages are only interesting if like you like to. Well, a as a workout, or if you already play basketball and you like want to practice. Specific. I I don't know. Like, like I wouldn't be like, yeah, I wouldn't be like, hey kids, you want to go to the batting cages? Like, there, you know, there's gonna be a. I'd say there'd be like more kids who would like not be interested than kids would be like, ooh, that sounds fun. Um, Yeah, primarily. Field trips for like orphans and foster kids and stuff are usually like outings to the museum, yeah, or the circus, or like maybe there's a concert or like a comedy show or yeah, something that's whatever. More... Yeah, or, like some... a charity banquet. That's like the fanciest thing they will ever see is a charity banquet. But yeah, the idea that they go to a batting cage must be like I don't know. Maybe it's just. Did, did Mildred take all the kids? Right, that's like my other them? question too. Like all of them? Like does, did Lewis go? <laughs> that's actually kind Lewis, of funny. If he went, oh my god, if he went, he would just be in his own little corner like listening to audiobooks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, or he would be like, all right, let's do some math about like the the trajectory of the ball yeah, versus he's the amount of doing like, his physics homework. Like, like he, it would be a physics lesson for him. Um, yeah, but, at best. Yes, because, like, I don't know, it just seems like a weird... Because, like, I always got the impression that, like, Goob's... Like, I figured in my mind that Goob's interest in baseball wasn't anything that developed for a special reason, you know? Like, A, it's... I thought very... it was just something he did at school. Yeah, like, well, A, I... I his identity. I figured that it was, like, a school thing that he had... While I was school, mm-hmm. he joined the baseball team, and then that was his, like, little... And my theory group, you know. is that the my theory is that he's really really into dinosaurs, and that's why he joined the baseball team because their mascot is a dinosaur. Honestly, I I love that theory. That's a great that's a great theory. Because William Joyce published a book called Bob the Dinosaur, and I think I have the PDF. Yes, dinosaur and it's Bob. Just like, it's a yeah, very cute. It's a very it's cute. Really interesting. It's like a Babar style fic in that like the family are incredibly wealthy and they're like in the safari and they find a dino mm-hmm. just hanging out in the jungle and then they just take him home. Yeah. And they like live in New York. And then he joins the baseball team, you know, as a dinosaur does. <laughs> it's a yeah, very exactly. it's a very He's living sweet. his best life. It's a very nice um it's one it's of very William cute. Joyce's like good. And I, I imagine that he has any related ones, to the Robinsons cuz that's that's what you got to do for every single William Joyce book ever. <laughs> it has to do with the Robinson somehow. Of course, yeah. Obviously. Um, but but yeah, so I I kind of not that I don't like I I think I would have bought this moment the, or this yeah. this a little bit better if it would have been like Mildred took me to a bunch of baseball games, you know, or like I went to a baseball game with her or something like once. Yeah, the and idea like, is okay, that they but... want to connect. They want to connect Goob's like defining character trait to Mildred, mm-hmm. but they're doing it in a really awkward way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, like just changing it to they went to a baseball game would have been like way more okay. Like I would have, yeah, I would have been more. It was. It would have checked more, out more for me. <laughs> this is more social worker talk, but mm-hmm. I also find it weird that like people think the orphanage is only run by Mildred. Yeah, I guess it's probably because we don't see anyone else. 
in the orphanage yeah. as an adult figure. But yeah, I I mean it it would make sense if they she had like other people because <laughs> I especially imagine considering she has... the size of the building. Yeah. If you look at it, mm -hmm. then if you look at the hallways, how many doors there are. So mm -hmm. there's like maybe fifty kids. Yeah. Up to which is a lot for one like, woman to handle. And there's I would say. there's literally no way. There's no way like. Physically, emotionally, psychologically, legally, financially. Mm -hmm. There's just no way it's just Mildred. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm thinking, like, too technically because, like, you know, maybe you could just stylize it and be like, it's just Mildred. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends is only run by Madame Foster. I mean, I guess that one kind of gets a pass in my mind just because it's like fantasy it's like a bunch of imaginary creatures so like yeah but um but i do agree it is kind of strange that fix don't really ever imply that that like there's other people involved in 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 this orphanage it's just yeah, running an orphanage is so complex it is like there's no way it's run by one person yeah and anyway and on that note i'm wondering why people think that Mildred is always involved in everything that the kids do mm -hmm. because she just she just can't be so like no. even if they did go to these baseball outings it won't always necessarily be Mildred it could be like some other social worker or like a volunteer or someone yeah come on yeah come they, on, got, they gotta they gotta think about these things right the way we do I'm just kidding. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that I was like, all right, was uh, when we find out that Mildred passed away from cancer as like- Oh my God. As like the reason cancer. why the orphanage the closed. <laughs> the big C, yeah. It's, it just kind of hits you like a ton of bricks. You're just like- I know. Reading, okay, and then, oh, and then the worst came. Mildred passed away. The, uh, also, this person uses a lot of like- sentence fragments and just like very short sentences that are like mm. isolated yeah from the rest of the prose for dramatic effect but they do it so often they do mm -hmm. that like there are two one after the other and then mm -hmm. the worst came as its own paragraph and yes. then mildred passed away it's also its own paragraph mm -hmm. anyway yeah cancer yeah so it's just like like i kind of blinked like like, I don't know. I I guess, like... You're like the blinking man meme. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, it's not... I'm not trying to say it's implausible that this happened. It's just more that... You know, when I, mean, I thought about... If you about... think about it, it is. <laughs> In the sense that, like, if she had cancer, she wouldn't immediately die. No. It you would... know? Worst case yeah. scenario, she finds out when it's a little too late and she has, like, a month left. Right. But even at that point, you would... If you were in, in charge of an orphanage, you would have other people there to support the business. Yeah, like, you know? like I, it kind of, I think the most, the most eye-raising part about this is the implication that after Mildred died, then the orphanage went with her. <laughs> that, to me, yeah, seems a little, like, a little sketchy, like, obviously, really? Obviously, the, they, they're not just gonna abandon all the kids. No. They might have to split them up, but they won't abandon them this that's crazy no yeah it's 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 kind of like it's kind of weird i mean like granted 
we never really do find out why Goob was left all alone in the or after the orphanage closed down in the act in the like the canon of the movie. Yeah, do you have any theories uh, about how that happened in canon? So I don't know. It's kind of weird because well, at one point, part of my question, part of my question is like I kind of find it a little weird that like like I mean, obviously at that point, this was I don't know how old um goob would have been um it this was, was this like very soon after lewis left like within like it seems like not a lot of time passed between when the orphanage Sorry, when meaning. lewis left but and the orphanage they say closed that, they say that uh when bowler hat guy was eight mildred died of cancer and then the orphanage closed down so basically the only thing holding the whole place together was lewis I guess, yeah. <laughs> also, okay, another weird thing. I was kind of really, I did not think that Goob was that young. Like, because if she passed away from cancer, this would have been after Lewis left. So he would have been still eight or nine. I guess eight or, actually, yeah, I guess eight or nine. According to Steven Anderson, Goob is ten. Yeah, I but thought he was I a little older. When I saw the movie, than... he, looked, he looked kind of like nine. Yeah, he to me. Yeah, he, like a very I mean, mature nine-year-old. Yeah, I mean, like I guess he, I guess eight is not like a super weird age, but well, just um, just considering how like pudgy his face is, yeah. but I think the way he acts is much older than that. Right, it is kind of ambiguous how old he is, but um, he does he does seem like I I would not I think I because I think I I've seen some fix that have like said he was like six and i was like what? uh no that's too young. have you, have you ever have you ever this, seen it seen it this, six kid, year old? this like, kid drinks no. mildred's coffee no he's not that's six. one of my favorite like, scenes where he's like drinking out of his uh juice box mm -hmm. and then and then he like gestures for mildred to come closer mildred's just like bewildered and she does like follow his lead and crouch down and then he just like takes her coffee yeah no that is a pretty a pretty funny scene um but I guess, like, you know, um, I don't know. Like, I don't really have too many strong theories about why the orphanage closed. My best guess is that, like, they just kind of ran out of fund it funding. Like, that's, like, my my hot take. And yeah. It's not a very hot take, but, like, that's the only thing I can... Because I don't see Mildred, like, leaving suddenly or... I mean, I guess her passing away, but even then, like... I don't know if that would mm -hmm. really crater it. To me, it seems like losing funding would be the most nail in the coffin scenario. Mm -hmm. um, again, it also kind of depends on the orphanage. Like, because I don't know much about how orphanages are run, but I imagine that there are public and private ones. Like, there are probably some that are subsidized by the government and then others that are privately run. And I would, or yeah. like, or like they're nonprofit well, organizations 90, 90 that get. Of those that kinds of organizations are run by donations, but the donations can come from like so many different sources. Yeah, definitely. So some of them can be, you like, know, privately run. Right. I mean, I'm just trying to imagine what a privately run orphanage. I would. I, I would imagine that like some of them get. They're most of them are probably nonprofits that like get some government. Like the funding ones that are or... funded by by uh, not Bill Clinton. Who's that guy? Bill Gates. Yeah. Like. That would be, I guess, a privately run orphanage. Yeah. So I get like so, like so orphanages aren't like a business in the traditional sense, 
Um, so I could just imagine, I, I would see the most likely scenario would be, like, they just didn't get enough funding and they had to shut down. Or, like, or maybe, again, Ooh, this is, here's another one, coming. another hot take. Um, my biggest hot take is that the orphanage, like, maybe it was a scenario where the orphanage didn't shut down but just relocated and then Goob just got lost in the shuffle. <laughs> Like that's my Goob other one. Goob just refused. To like move Goob was with just them. so like lost in his that's own world that he just never left. <laughs> like like that like doesn't, the, that doesn't like, explain the abandoned building though. It doesn't. The, if the, we're if we're like, analyzing if, MTR with like a hyper realistic analytic lens that we're doing right now. Yes. The and <laughs> which is perhaps just a bit too intense, but like it's it kind of fun. A little bit. Um, it is a little and. Okay, the most unbelievable part is that it's an abandoned building. Right. Like, the idea that the orphanage shut down, like, that happens all the time, or that they relocated, that's even more likely. Mm-hmm. But that the building is, like, dilapidated right. and moldy, and there's, mm-hmm. like, boards everywhere. And they also just, like, left this kid there. Yeah. Like, like Goob isn't undocumented. As an orphan, you would have paperwork. Yeah. So people would know you exist. Yeah. So they would keep track of all, where all the kids are, and mm-hmm. then they would have like, like they would send like cops or firefighters or whatever to like get you. Right. Or like another possibility, maybe he ran away. <laughs> like maybe he. Yeah, I think he. he, well, he I think this, that's he the made the example, actual because I don't think they would let them. But he's so young. Right. That like, I don't know. It's just weird. It is weird. He's he's so young. They can't just let him like starve himself yeah in an empty building i know i mean they did it for the drama they, they did, did it for the drama they did and do we it for respect the, drama. the animators for the drama <laughs> but like that well-rendered grime <laughs> but um but anyway my point is is that i i never really thought that mildred's like death is the reason why the orphan is shut down like yeah, that is. I never got 100% that vibe. Percent I can't say that's my vibe when I was younger, when I was like eleven. Like, who knows yeah. what I thought? Maybe I just was like, oh, I guess it shut down. But as 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 me, like my current day vibe is that it, you know, probably money or relocation. Well, like, what helps MTR is that it's visual. So when you like when you're visually represented like an image with something, it's just so much more credible. But then when someone, like, verbally says it, then you're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, like, like I think like, you know, I'm, I'm, like, trying to throw too much like shade proof. at, like, MTR. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm not, I'm not expecting... They don't have to try so hard. Yeah, like, I, like I'm not expecting MTR to, like, I'm not one of those, like, stupid, pedantic critics who's yeah, like, oh, oh, oh it's guy. not, this isn't, this isn't, like how it happened in real life like, in, in frame in frame 17 he's oh. holding a glass of water but in frame 18 he is suddenly holding a glass of orange juice like yeah it's, it's just kind of like it's just kind of like um but yeah i but yeah. my point is is that i'm not i'm not saying that mtr is a bad like like loses points for me because oh no like it didn't have a logical explanation for why the orphanage closed down suddenly yeah, um, we're not we're not saying that. However, like if you're gonna try and bring logic into it, I don't think that this fic did a good job. That's like my take. That's my that's my ultimate point. 
Yeah, the big, yeah the big and picture. I think fanfics as a medium, they could either match the kind of fantastical cartoony logic of the movie, mm-hmm. or they could go in a more realistic direction and they could try to like switch up the tone in a third way. Yeah. But this fic is clearly trying to make it more realistic and as such if they don't research all like the finer details it kind of falls apart yeah definitely because <laughs> they're they're definitely trying to go like very realistic very dark very emotional like mildred dies of cancer she doesn't just die she dies of cancer mm-hmm. yeah definitely so um i think this i think some of these details work against the tone they're trying to make. Yeah. I think they're trying the to go for sin. something like... <laughs> that's the cinema sin. I think that that's, that's kind of the kryptonite, this fixed kryptonite. You know, it's trying for the more mm-hmm. gritty, gritty tone, but I, I don't really think it balances it very well. Um, I think it, it kind of loses itself in the weeds as, as a way to say. Um, yeah. And, and the then phrase, they... the orphanage was then closed down and everyone left. Except for him. And this is, <laughs> and this is like, word-for-word word imitation of BHD's actual dialogue when he's explaining it to Lewis. Yeah, it is. I mean, I and guess... not only like, that, but it doesn't make sense. No. That, like, they would just abandon him. They'd be like, no, come on, go. Yeah, I mean, if the, they hated him, they'd have to. The only saving grace, I guess, like, because I guess one of the ways I would also, if I were to try to logic that, was I'd also point out, like, I mean, Goop has already shown that he's not the most reliable narrator, because you've already seen scenes of him, like, yeah. saying, oh, everyone hated me, but everyone else is like, hey, Goop, how you doing? Like, clearly, That was people, the best joke. People, people liked him and, and liked him, but he just was so lost in his own head. So, so part of me is also mm-hmm. like, well, how accurate is he being? Like, he might just be like, everyone left me, but maybe he, he either left himself, or it's more his fault that he didn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, he might mm-hmm. be misrepresenting what happened to the orphanage, but... Um, yeah. That's, that's that would true. Be a, that would be at least part of it, too, Yeah, to but... say that he's an unreliable narrator and the technical errors are because of his, like, naive brain. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but anyway, the other thing... So I think the big, the big chungus of this fic, in terms of... <laughs> Uh, look, I'll use the phrase Big Chungus all the time in this podcast. It'll happen. I um, love, I love Big Chungus. I love, <laughs> I love fat Bugs Bunny. <laughs> it's such a nice meme. Anyway, um, so I think my, I think the Big Chungus as far as, I think we've, we've talked about it before, but like the Big Chungus as far as this fit goes is definitely the hug. So like, um, yeah. after Bowler Hack Guy leaves, so like he... This is, like, all, so all the stuff we've been talking about right now, for those of you who haven't read the fic, all of it's happening while uh, Buller Hack Guy is, like, as he's leaving okay, the room. Okay, actually, another mm-hmm. super, super incredibly unrealistic thing is that Mildred finds a random adult, not even on the first floor, because I'm assuming they're, like, on the second floor. Right. Whatever. He finds, she finds an a grown man who looks like he hasn't showered in days. Yeah. In the orphanage. And she doesn't question it at all. She's like, oh, okay, just have a have a look-see. Because it's like, <laughs> orphanages don't work like stores do. You can't no. just walk into one. No, you have to make appointments like, and stuff like that. 
they they really heavily screen the people who come in and out of places like an orphanage, mm-hmm. especially because some of the kids like maybe they're in like I don't know witness protection programs or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, I mean, there are a I mean, thousand it's... reasons why that would never happen. Yeah, and, and Goob that's... is like the textbook definition Ugh. of suspicious, so it's like. Yeah, he's uh... he's wearing a hat. He's wearing a tattered blankie. Yeah. And a, also, a, like a ballerina leotard. Not to get. <laughs> I mean, he is. You're not his, wrong. His body's just like a bean inside of a cloth. <laughs> So not 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 that to get into too much detail, but I've also bet he smells pretty bad. So that also would be a strike against him. Um, I feel like I feel like there is a scene where like Wilbur's like pinching his nose. Yeah, because I think he does smell. Because I mean he he's and, like, he's, he's basically being homeless. So Lewis is being polite, but Wilbur's probably never seen someone this dirty in his entire <laughs> I'm, life. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he hasn't. Because Wilbur is a. He he's a precious boy. He's a sheltered man. Let's just put that out there. Like he's seen homeless people, you know, at a distance. Yeah, he's never experienced one up close, though. Okay, that was okay. We're cutting that. that. I feel like I feel like he would definitely like befriend homeless people, though. He would. Being honest, he's he is charismatic enough that he would he could roll to seduce a homeless person. I'll, I'll oh put God, in the D&D references in here, too. You can't stop Alyssa, me. Alyssa has two canceled D&D campaigns, and she's got to get it out somehow. <laughs> yeah, I know. But anyway, anyway my we point is... We were talking is... about how unlikely it is that Goob can just walk into the orphanage. Yeah, it's very unlikely. What's way more realistic is that, like... Okay, I'm imagining a scenario where Goob is, like... He, he gets all teary-eyed looking at his past self, and he, like... Backs mm-hmm. away into the hallway, and he's like, "Okay, I guess I gotta leave now." So he just mm-hmm. walks out the door the normal way, but then mm-hmm. Mildred spots him, and she like pepper sprays the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, and then uh, yeah, Ube recovers, and like maybe the cops show up, and then he and Mildred are like alone in a room because she doesn't want them want him to interact with the kids. So mm-hmm. maybe he does have a few interactions with some of the kids he actually personally knows, but he can't let that be known. But right. he's he's alone with the adults, and then he has a conversation, and he says something that like lets Mildred know that he actually personally knows her. And then she like has this like moment of hesitation, and then they have a moment mm-hmm. that's that's like our turning point. And then the yeah. the last turning point is that somehow he manages to vanish away from the eyes of the cops. And Goob reflects on this moment in a bittersweet tone, and that's the end of the fic. That's that, how I would have written it. I mean, that sounds uh, pretty good. I mean, also, I'm glad you brought up the fact that Mildred would probably call the cops, too. Yeah, that's just the thing you do when you're when you're in charge of children, is that you usually call the cops on people. Which, you know, I'm not a big fan of cops, but when you're in charge of children, you're, like, legally kind of required to so yeah especially if there's a strange man in the building who you're not sure i mean not that like we all know that bowler hat guy is pretty much useless in terms of threat level (laughs) but like she doesn't know that so uh but anyway yeah there's there's no way to know until he like until you see him try to like open a can (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what? You're so right. Bullet Hack Guy would definitely I'm not. I'm always right. He would okay. not. He would not be able to open a can of pickles. Like, absolutely not. Um, so, Ooh. back to the fic. I was gonna say the Big Chungus is really Okay, whole... I'm just I'm just gonna add, though, that we're on pretty good time. We are, even though, yeah. Even though we haven't really gotten to... We've only gotten through, like, one, two... Less than a third of the story, so that's kind of problematic, but we're, we're still pretty good. Yeah, we're getting there. But, like, so the big the big Chungus, as I said before, is the whole when Bullerhack Guy and Mildred interact, and this is after he leaves his past self, mm -hmm. and... I guess, mm -hmm. in theory, he's... In, within the canon of the movie, he's going up to the rooftop to, to like, mm -hmm. get him or whatever. And then that's when he meets up with Mildred. And then yeah. he hugs her, which... Like, again, that could be sweet, but, like, I feel like the big thing... Well, for one thing, I kind of laughed when they had the paragraph that's, like, Mildred had a shocked expression on her face when Bullerhead guy did this. She patted him comfortably on the back, but she was still frightened by the man's hasty gesture. If only she had her purse, then she could pepper spray him in the, in, the, in the face. And I was like, I feel like that if you're trying- That was bad. That was very distracting. I know. Like- And like, I didn't like it. Like, I don't- Like, I- Part of me was like- It doesn't work as a joke. No. Because I was just like, well, one, if you're trying to make this bittersweet, bringing attention to the fact that Mildred would- probably in a realistic scenario be you know backing like like reacting in yeah, a violent manner in order manner. for it to be bittersweet you could have like a really good scene where it's just like there there are no dialogue but it's mm -hmm. just like mildred backing away and looking at him horrified and yeah he suddenly realizes the situation but he feels like sad about it yeah, um, but this just kind of, like, it just brings to light the flaw of the whole sen of the whole scenario, because yeah. there's no way personally, that Mildred... Personally, the biggest chungus of oh. them all oh boy. is in Tell the me. title, the only one who cared. I don't think this fic really demonstrates that Mildred is realistically the only person who cared about Goob. Oh. I mean, I think it's I think it's very believable that the poor kid doesn't have a lot of people, you know, rooting for him. Right. Like he like falls asleep during a baseball game and no one tries to wake him up. No. And the only reason Lewis tries to wake him up is because he knows that like his future son won't exist if he doesn't do that. I know. Even even Lewis doesn't really care. Yeah, they don't they they don't have a very strong friendship. They're just like acquaintances. Yeah. They're just roommates. Like they have I was going to say an ideal roommate situation, but they don't. No. I but mean like the whole reason like... why Goob became Bullhart guys is because their roommate situation was the uh, <laughs> not the best. I mean, look, if well, someone I was would, keeping me up at because... night like with their I mean, inventions just because lewis is inconsiderate about his sleep schedule but that's yeah it. yeah and, and i like, think he could just like go into the dining room and do his work but then i guess that's then i guess he'd get in trouble with like mildred so yeah anyway sorry um but like yes but i i do agree that like like Excuse, excuse me oh my gosh i'm so sorry um yeah i do think that mildred someone like... needs a caffeine pack <laughs> <laughs> i really do though honestly just slap one on me oh. oh actually okay this is i'm gonna 
take a break from this. I'm gonna slap, actually... slap it through the virtual. There you go. <laughs> Yay, thank you. you. I appreciate it. Ah, now I'm fully awake. Uh, yeah, basically but... my point, my mm. point where before we left off was basically that I don't think there's enough information in this fic to conclude that Mildred really was the only genuine human connection that Goob had. Mm-hmm. Just because this doesn't feature a lot of like really emotionally resonant flashbacks, it just no. mentions Mildred in certain scenes. Like it just mentions that Mildred took him to the baseball thing, but like that doesn't establish a connection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think we would really need that. Yeah, like to work. Yeah, like we don't really the only the only capacity that we see like Goob mention that Mildred was involved in was more sort of the capacity that she would have had for any of them. Like Yeah, it you know doesn't what I mean? make him unique. It's no. just oh Mildred cares for everybody. Right. Like what would have made sense is that like Mildred cares for everybody but she secretly favors Goob but she doesn't let it show but like Goob knows. Right. Goob knows. <laughs> yeah, like I, you know, cuz you know, I also kind of wonder like at least if I were investigating this story too, I would also probably consider, you know, the people on Goob's baseball team, right? Like I mean, I guess in yeah, some like ways they I did end like up Yeah, like he would spend more time with them. Or yeah. like he, he might have cuz in the in the movie, he, I guess one can assume that the coach and Mildred and his teachers are like his only parental figures. Yeah. And from what the fix says, it's it's like, well, baseball is actually more important to him. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, granted, you know, from the bowler hat guy's perspective, you know, those, those teammates ended up beating him up. So, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, true. I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, like obviously. Oh my god, that's that's so like Lord of the Flies of his teammates to like beat him. Yeah, I know they were they were they. Only I think really... they were very desperate to win. Yeah, I mean, there was, and there yeah. were some college funds riding on that game. I bet. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, look, little league can get real serious, so I I buy it. <laughs> Um, but anyway, there will be blood. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I do agree with you. I, you know, there aren't too many, like, the fic doesn't really spend a lot of time, like, really giving us much reason as to why, um, mm. guy really has that connection. And I think it's sort of related to what we talked about with the previous episode, where we, yeah. we spoke about, like, how... Like, sometimes fic writers don't necessarily, like, they kind of take their, oh, they kind of take the characterizations for granted. Like, they kind of assume the audiences will, like, understand them. Like, like, and I kind of feel like it's the same situation here. Yeah. Like, like they kind of assume, oh, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, it's self-evident that Bowler Hat Guy would think that Mildred is, like, important to him or an important figure in his life. And I don't need to explain why mm-hmm. Mildred uh, is so important to Balearic Guy. It's just kind of self-evident. But, um, I mean, even though I have, I was able to, I did say that the concept was pretty self, like, it was a pretty, it was a very 
It's not a like super yeah, the, unique. The idea is feels like a very logical conclusion to take from the movie. Yes. But as its own unit, your story still needs to explain your idea in detail and justify the characterization like in the story. Yeah. You can't just be like see movie. Yeah, like I could like as a footnote. Like cuz uh, in my as as a counter argument to this fic I would say, like, mm -hmm. well, if you're just taking, like, Goob, because we do get to see Goob when he's younger, and when Goob's younger, like you said, it kind of seems like baseball is his more important, like, mm -hmm. thing in his life, maybe even mm -hmm. more so, and, like, the relationship he has with his teammates might even be more important than the relationship he has with, you know, Lewis or Mildred. Um, and yeah, I, when you're young, your hobbies are... Are your main thing yeah so like i to me i think the more impactful thing would be like you know maybe bowler hat guy when he's older can then reflect on wow you know mildred was an important part of my life and i didn't really realize it until yeah that's a direction you know. i could have gone in that could have been interesting yeah or but at least like, oh i took her for granted you know yeah and i i think that would sort of i think to me at least be it's that would be an equally valid take you know mm -hmm. and that i think i could is, see that yeah i think that would be a different interpretation of the it's movie it's definitely than, not what this author is trying to do no but that could be a legitimate alternative yeah and so i i bring that up just because you know even even if i'm there are different ways like even within the canon you can interpret things in lots of different ways so I yeah, still you think can a take fic a writer, like a good, yeah, a good a good Sorry. fic writer needs to. I mean, any story writer, but yeah, even they, any even writer one, needs to take charge of that. Yeah, and even they need one, to own up to their own ideas. Yeah, exactly, and and even even in a in a like situation where you're writing with a pre-established mm -hmm. canon, it's important to like keep in mind that you are bringing your own self to the table and that not everyone who's reading will have the same interpretation that you do you know yes. so yeah you need to you need to justify it because even though it's a shared universe mm -hmm. you are adding your own interpretation to that universe yeah and because of that you need to fulfill your interpretation with you need to like back it up with examples basically yeah <laughs> You Which gotta, is, you gotta very this... clinical. It's a very clinical terminology for creative writing, mm -hmm. but in a lot of ways, you could compare a story, like a fictional story, to an essay. In yeah. that sense, that like you need to prove the statements you make. So the statement Mildred was the only one who cared about Goob has to be proven in the story. Yeah. Yeah, essay um, writing. Other in, thing. In, mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, no I mean different different types of writing. You know, they they pull from the same tool toolbox in some ways. So definitely yeah. valid. That yeah. was all. Okay. Uh, other thing, because I just noticed in my notes, mm -hmm. Mildred was an orphan in this story. Oh yeah, and you're I've right. Never, ever seen a fic do this before? But I do think it's like a fandom idea that oh maybe she was an orphan. So right. how do you feel about Well, that? Ew, I, d I definitely put it in my notes. 
I just didn't remember it, but yeah, because I, I, I said, like, like, and it, it it's also weird, because, like, she was an orphan, but she inherited the business or the orphanage from yeah. her, the previous tenant, so I'm like, so yeah. it's like a family, quote-unquote, business? What? I, was I like, think the idea was uh, that Mildred stayed in that orphanage, and then she cozied up to the owners enough that they just gave it to her. Yeah, I guess. After college. But it's kind of weird because, like, very rarely, because a lot of temporary homes like an orphanage or a foster home, well, foster homes are very different. Anyway, orphanages and shelters and such Mm -hmm. will have age brackets. Yeah. Because if they they just let anyone stay, they they would never get the funding for it. It would be too broad. Yeah. So for... The kids, they might have a very specific cutoff period. Mm-hmm. Like, it depends, but just as a general rule, I think after 18, Mildred might be outside of the bracket, you know? Yeah. Some of them some of them are a bit wider. Some of them are, like, 22 or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, Mildred would not be able to, like, live there until she was able to own it. Yeah. So that doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It, this it also... person is comparing orphanages to, like, a family business. Yeah. Because it involves taking care of children for free because the children can't be expected to pay for it. Then it has mm. to be moderated by another authority like the government. Yeah. So... Yeah, exactly. And I... It's just, like... I don't know, it's a very, it was very weird detail, and I also felt like it kind of, I don't know, it just, I I felt like it was a weird background detail. Well, one, I kind of asked myself, how does Goob know this? Like, it seems like a very, it seems like a very odd thing for a child to know, I mean, not not that it's impossible that he would have known about this, but it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that Mildred would just be like, well, kids, let me tell you about how I got the orphanage. You see, I was an orphan just like you, you know what I mean? Like, well, it seems actually, a little... maybe. You could argue that she she was maybe, like, proud of the fact yeah. that she, like, got into social work because she was an orphan. Right. Maybe. Yeah, and I mean, it's, I don't think it's, like, too unrealistic for someone who previously worked within, or was in the foster system, or was in the, was lived in an orphanage later than becomes a worker in that field um that's not like too unreasonable to me i, I don't know it's just it seems a little it's still uh, weird. weird though it seems a little it, it feels like a detail that's just kind of like shoved in there yeah it's not really explored and i you know i, I think for the purposes of this fic i kind of wonder like do we really need to know like what mildred's definitely... reasons are for being i, I mean... definitely see what the author was trying where the author was trying to go with this because mm-hmm. they're trying to be like they were trying to compare goob and mildred and parallel yeah their lives i guess but it's like goob is around so many orphans it doesn't really make mildred special no so like yeah. he doesn't have a special connection to lewis because they're both orphans so right. why would he have a special connection to mildred because she's an orphan yeah. They don't they don't provide that information and from what we're given it's just not really mm-hmm. singling Mildred out in any special way in Goob's life. Yeah, and also um 
I would argue that, you know, I don't really think, you know, Mildred needs to have, like, any sort of huge special connection to Goob in order to be an important figure in his life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they True. don't need to have, Even like, though this is basically lives. what the fig is arguing for, they it could is, have gone yes. in that direction, too. Yeah. Um, but, anyway, the Which last thing... Which is definitely thing... not what the orphan thing is trying no. to achieve. Anyway. What were you saying? Oh, and then I also I also wrote in my notes, so if Mildred hadn't died, then Mike would be a better person. Oh shit. You know <laughs> oh my god. Hey, hang on. Hang on. Is this fake an example of fridging? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you know what? I hadn't thought for, of that, but for those who aren't genre savvy, fridging is a trope wherein a significant female character in a protagonist's life, usually their love interest, dies in order for them to have like a gritty backstory or a vengeance plot or just be like really angsty as a result. Yeah, um, it it's the name fridging is comes from a famous scene, and I want to say the. Is it Green Lantern? I forget which comic oh it is, my God. but it's in a comic. It's a superhero thing. Yeah, where basically, or no, is it Batman? I think it might be Batman. Hold on. TV Tropes, help me out. Batman knows how to love. <laughs> help me out, TV Tropes. You you, you, you have the, you, you know what I'm talking about. Stuff in TV the... Tropes has all the tea. Yes. All okay, tea. yeah, so it is a Green Lantern. Is that Green Lantern? I can't tell. <laughs> Yes, okay. It says, the name of this trope comes from the uh, storyline in Green Lantern in which the villain Major Force leaves the corpse of Kyle Rayner's girlfriend, Alexander DeWitt, literally stuffed into a refrigerator for him to find. Um, Nasty. Yeah, so... Yeah, so basically it's the idea... You would have to break to fit a person into a refrigerator, though. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, unless you, like, pulled out all the shelves... But you need to have them like stay in there, or maybe like yeah. you open the door and then she falls out. Yeah, I mean, this. so but but basically the idea is is that, um, and is that the trope revolves around well, a the woman being basically objectified for the advancement of the of the male's plot, um, and then b it typically involves their death. Like that's a big, a big yeah. Their most it it implies that uh, women's strongest role in a story is to is to a serve someone else's arc and b be dead yes like they they are better off dead in the story essentially yeah and it's like i said it's a super it's a big big thing in comics like that's kind of where oh there's a ton of comic of comics storylines where ah the female is mostly notable for dying like Gwen Stacy and Spider-Man is another really popular example. Like, literally the most important thing that happens to her within the comic, within the original comics, is she... Yeah, like, any jaded male character will reliably have, like, a dead wife, or he'll be divorced. Yeah. Um, or have a dead daughter. Like, literally one of the most famous things about Gwen Stacy from the original comics is that uh, she dies because Spider-Man pulls on her. She, like, he, like, web-slings her, like, she's falling and he slings her. And mm. when she catches her, when he catches her in the, in the web, it it catches her with so much force that it breaks her back, and then 
that's pretty realistic too yeah it's actually kind of a pretty weird dark it is a pretty dark death yeah and and that and the death of gwen stacy is one of the big the big angst yes officially this podcast is no longer for well it was never for children but this episode is officially no longer (laughs) for children (laughs) now that we've brought up fridging yeah uh but but yeah my point is is that uh back to the fix though it, it could be fridging. I mean... It's a very soft example, but I think yeah. it could, just because they kill Mildred. Yeah, they kill her, and her death... Her, the only reason why her <laughs> death happens isn't necessarily for any other reason than it gives Goob a reason to want to, I guess, see her one last time, or, you know, have this bittersweet Yeah, it's one her. of those one last time... Yeah. Kind of things. Also, I was coughing because I swallowed my own spit. I don't have the wrong. That's a. I know. <laughs> it's all right. That that's a that's a definitely a human thing to do. So don't worry about it. Um. But yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I kind of. So that's kind of a weird. Well, I mean, you're not in the room, but I'm just clarifying in case. Okay. In case that's a concern. <laughs> no, you're you're good. Um. And then the oh, and then the last thing I wanted to bring up. Or, what, or other things I wanted to bring up. Because I'm just, like, going yes. to my notes right we now. Are, we have so much more to bring up. <laughs> is The other weird thing is that apparently Goob has a crush on Mildred. Like, oh my god! Like, why? why didn't I mention this earlier? <laughs> I yes, know! That was a huge... Yeah. Huge it, it just kind of gets dropped I on don't you. don't understand. Like, a lot of the things in this fic we just kind of happen. They mention it, and then, they ne- and then we never come back to it. And I'm like, no. No, <laughs> can you can you repeat that? Yeah, it's kind of like one of those run be run that by me again moments, you know? Like, um, yeah, what? It's 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 weird because I was just like, okay, I mean, okay. First of all, how old are you when you start developing crushes? Like, I guess Goob is he's at the cutoff point, so he could believably have a crush on a parental figure. Yeah, I'd say uh, I remember. Well, I guess not a parental figure, but unlike anyone. I mean, but if I feel I'm... like having a crush on your mom is very weird. It is. Um, or I guess Mildred is a bit closer to being like a teacher or a babysitter, but like, yeah, still, yeah, like, still. like I mean, if I remember from my own childhood, I remember people dating in fifth grade, which would be like, oh yeah, like I remember that nine or ten ish. Okay. So, yeah, I'd say it's believable for someone. I don't know about eight, but, like, you know, someone a little older than that, definitely. Um, I remember when I was very young, I would have crushes on anybody who would do something next to me. Oh. That's that's (laughs) very relatable. Wait, I don't think this is how crushes work. This is is too much to juggle. (laughs) But I'd say definitely by the time middle school rolls around, like, 11, 12, totally, you can have a crush. Yeah. Because I remember yeah, I had I crushes remember, back then, so, you know. I remember there was this, it was like a big deal in my school. There was this girl who had, in her agenda, she wrote, kiss Chris. And it was, it was she scheduled it <laughs> when she was going to kiss her boyfriend. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> And it was honestly... like in front of the whole school. It was very Oof. weird. I mean, that, that, I mean, looking, that, that's, uh, that's certainly a way to do it. I guess. That's something uh, that stayed with me forever because I thought it was so funny. It is kind of funny. Um, anyway, um, but... Goob having a crush mm-hmm. is one thing. Yes. Which 
I feel like because of the nature of Goob's character, just to say that he has a crush on anyone, you have to like kind of elaborate a little more. Yeah, because like, Goob... like you don't really see him as someone who's like emotionally vulnerable like that. No, he's he's a. I mean, really, part of his his most defining characteristic is that he's basically like a man child, I guess. Well, not even that. Just like someone who's. He's just not very yeah, he's, socially as an adult, real. He's a man child, and then as a child, he's a child man. Yeah, he's like not very socially aware. He seems really clueless. No. You know, mm-hmm. he just doesn't seem to be the kind of like at least in canon. Yeah, he, he doesn't tell that people genuinely wanted to hang out with him. Yeah, he doesn't seem to really have the ability to really recognize that kind of thing. So it's kind of strange. Oh, like, you know what I kind of realized? Mm-hmm. Or maybe this is super obvious. Sure. But what I kind of realized is that I think a large part of Goob's, like, misery uh, after Lewis got adopted mm-hmm. is his, in his mind, he assumes that, like, he's the normal one and Lewis is the weird one. Right. So for him, the idea that Lewis becomes more successful and more happy than he is... Like, mm-hmm. completely shatters something very profound in his self-confidence mm. that was seemingly built upon a sense of superiority to Lewis. Yeah. This I mean... is this is my, like, I'm like a psychologist by hobby. <laughs> Amateur psychologist here. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a pretty legitimate, like, conclusion to come to in terms of, you know, how Goob is characterized and... You know what kind of drives his mentality, but my but yeah my I anyway. I do think that having him have a crush does require kind of a lot of like hoops to jump through, just because it's it just kind of really like contradicts most of his character up that we know of. You know, like yeah, it definitely you would have to a lot of justification. You would have to kind of really show how whoever he's crushing on has like really like broken his like mask like his barrier you know yeah yeah you would you would need to do a lot more legwork to sort of justify he's kind of disconnected from people even at even at a really young age Mm -hmm. he's just doing his own thing yeah in the very beginning of the movie he's talking to himself to lewis Mm -hmm. because i think it's because Either no one else can stand him, or he has, like, no one else to talk to, or something. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, because I, I don't know. It just kind of seems a little weird, and, um, just unnecessary overall. <laughs> like, this this is definitely, yeah, in the was... list of details that the story didn't need, they... I would say that is probably on the top of the list. Like, we definitely didn't need this specific detail. Yeah, so... First of all, it's very unbelievable that Goob would have a crush on anyone. And then mm. second of all, a crush on a parental figure like Mildred, mm-hmm. who is like one of the most sexless characters of the yeah. entire movie. I know. Like, Oy. on a scale of Buster to Joe... <laughs> kidding hang on on a scale of on a scale of like 
hard and franny, I guess. I don't know. Oh. Anyway, on a scale of uh, who's that lady in the red dress and who killed Roger Rabbit? Uh, Jessica Rabbit? Yes. Yes, yeah. that's her. Okay, on a scale of Jessica Rabbit to Joe Robinson, <laughs> Mildred is like on the Joe scale. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. She's, I don't know. It seems very, very strange. And I mean, like, look, I, you know, it's not impossible for, like, a young kid or a younger person to have a crush on, like, a teacher or an authority figure. You know, I definitely yeah, that knew, happens. I definitely knew people but in middle think, school and especially high school who did that. But I think it becomes different when that authority figure is your parental figure. Yeah, from definitely. From a very young age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I also read that um, statistically, you're less likely to crush on uh, either people you see as family, or mm -hmm. especially like kids that you grew up around that are close to you in age. Mm -hmm. Like that's statistically very rare, which is why like it's pretty rare to have like a childhood best friend turned spouse kind yeah. of love story. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it's weird, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super it's super strange. Um, like that was straight up unnecessary. Why? Like like what? What even? Um, also, and then... the phrase was like very bad. He somewhat had a bit of a crush on Mildred. Yeah, and since he never really grew up, the crush was still there. Yeesh. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, look, at least they're acknowledging that, like, you know, Goob is probably not the most mature person, so that's a plus, but yeah, at the same time... Yeah, that's kind of their explanation for why Goob has a crush on Mildred, even in his 40s. Yeah. It's like... Oh, that's so bad. Although, oh, actually, I, I did oh, do... I weird. did do the math, and because yes. this person puts Goob at 8... That would mean that Bowler Hat Guy is 30, 30, 38 years old in, in the future. Oh my god. And so technically he's like, he's like really, oh my god, he's almost as old as Mildred. <laughs> Jeez, that's really awkward. If you wanted, if you wanted to go there, you could, oh my god, now I want to write a story where Goob time travels and then he cleans himself up mm -hmm. and then he like, pretends to be a normal person and asks Mildred out and then they start dating <laughs> oh no oh god it's I'm, I'm that, so uncomfortable already that would be such like a crazy story it's kind of it reminds me of like stories like big you mm. know where it's like oh, a yeah, child yeah. in an adult's body mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah anyways that's oh, like man. an 80s it is a very like 80s, an 80s idea. family movie <laughs> right um, there and then the Warner other th brothers give me a million dollars. And then the other Sorry. thing in my notes that I wanted to bring up uh, before we, before it, just just to bring up is that apparently uh, Mildred smells like PB and J. Yeah, uh, like it I says mean, here, she could tears, if she tears, wanted to. Tears started streaming down his cheeks as he hugged the woman who who cared for him. He knew that she was going to die soon, and if you do this now, it'll haunt him in his sleep. 
He tightened the hug a little more, letting his headrest, which she spells as, like, a headrest, like, like Yeah, that was a typo. On her shoulder. I think that was more of a typo, because, like... Yeah, yeah. probably. Um, he couldn't help but smile when he noticed that she smelled like peanut butter and jelly. And I was like, that is... I mean, I guess it's not implausible that Mildred smells like that, but... I think, it's so also... there are two theories of what the author was thinking of when they wrote that. Mm-hmm. Either because Mildred works around children so much, mm-hmm. she spends a lot of her time making sandwiches. Right. And therefore, a lot of them just like PB&J. Second theory is that uh, because Mildred is around Lewis so much, <laughs> Lewis's love of PB&J uh, is reflected around is like absorbed into like mildred's sweaters because mildred seems like a sweater person she does yeah very it's a very weak theory but what what is your take on mildred's body odor being that of the pb and j variety mildred looks like she would smell like whatever she whatever food that she's making or maybe she like wears a very very light floral perfume Mm-hmm. I don't really see her smelling like PB&J, but maybe she, she like, just very recently made a PB&J sandwich, and that's why she smells like PB&J? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a plausible like, detail. Like, out of, out of all the details in this story that are weird, it's, like, the least weird, I guess, or the least It's strange implausible. to single out, but it's not as, like, offensive or shocking as Goob having a crush on Mildred Goob being um, abused and Mildred being an orphan. Yeah, those are like the other. Those are the ones that are really just and like, Mildred all right. wanting to like pepper spray Goob during a sentimental moment. Yeah, but it's like mentioned as a joke and it's not really taken seriously. Yeah. <sighs> um. Damn it. So I think we've covered everything, or at least the one, the stuff that I like noticed or have in my notes yeah there's not much else in my notes Mm -hmm. a lot of my notes are really like focused on like prose okay is there anything okay one thing i noticed Mm -hmm. uh well overall the prose is very clumsy it is mostly and (laughs) i don't i what i really want it would have liked is for the prose to take on more of goob's vernacular and his style of speech, which is actually very strange and fascinating. Yeah, he he. Um, Goob is supposed to represent, you know, like an old timey villain. Yeah, who's he's like rich and sophisticated, but he's like super poor, and he's not yeah. very intellectually. Yeah, he's not he's... the sharpest knife. So I actually I looked this up because, um, you know, I I do these things and. Um, he's, Yay! Research. He so because I'm I just look at because fifty percent of my life now it revolves around TV tropes. Um, I actually found the TV <laughs> oh, trope. I love TV tropes. <laughs> I spend look, I used to spend so much time on TV tropes when I first discovered it. Yeah, I mean honestly, I was, it's not it's not it's such like a, a good writing tool. Yeah, honestly. I mean it's it's not like the most academically sound resource, but I think it's you know it. It, it, it's a good baseline for, hey, what's this media trope, you know? So Yeah, it's good for nerds, and it's good for writers, and it's yeah. also good for anyone studying pop culture. Yeah, so basically the trope is, according to TV Tropes, it was based 
on like kind of it's actually a, a pretty long running trope i think it originates from silent movies at least or or Ooh, yeah i believe yeah. that because he <clears throat> is i think bowler hat guys based on salvador dali okay like just the mustache if you look at old mm-hmm. concept art yeah he looks a bit he looks a bit like a an old-timey british cop yeah and, yeah it's I'm going to try to find them because there's there's one really beautiful piece that's where he's purple. Mm-hmm. I really like that one. And then there's one in pencil where mm-hmm. he has like a very complicated mustache. Yeah. And, and a I really believe... nice come over swirl, which doesn't really doesn't translate well to 3D, but it looks nice. No. So like the, the thing that that kind of like one of the defining traits of this particular trope is like it's kind of also a riff on like british superiority or british stuffy british people and they tend and they tend to talk with like very stilted floral dialogue like 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 how dare you do this to me you rapscallion that kind of speech yeah Um, i always read it as a um parody of the upper class yeah and but I you're think... saying it's specifically against upper class British people. Well, hold on. Let me pull up what. Let me pull up. I have I have TV tropes already. Um, Yay! And... Oh, hold on. Let me find it again. I'm trying to remember. TV tropes is our god. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> tell me about fridging. Uh, hold on. It's. I believe it's. They call it the das dastard. Dastardly Whiplash, I believe, is the name of the trope. And it's named for um, basically the two main trope codifiers, which are um, Snipely's Whiplash, um, who's from Dudley Do Right. He was like the main villain. And um, where it's trope, yeah, the two, the, the two trope names. So there's Snidely Whiplash, Snidely Whiplash from Dudley Do Right, and Dick Dastardly from wacky races um oh, those were the two the, they're the basically the the big trope covers as far as animation and visual media go um mm-hmm. but it says here if i'll read from tv tropes for a moment an oddly specific kind of character the dastardly whiplash is a cartoonish villain taken from the silent film tradition or really from the old stage melodrama tradition usually a man of wealth and taste in great britain cough evil brit cough he was generally a bad baronet, baronet, so like a like a noble person. In the U.S., he, and it is in fact always a he, as the mustache is an important part of the aesthetic, was often an evil banker who held the mortgage on the heroine's farm. Also, another, uh, I'd say, or example of the trope is Barnaby from Babes in Toyland, if anyone's familiar with that. Um, Interesting. He, I, I am not familiar with that, but I can okay. just picture it. It's it's a because... uh, I believe it's a play turned movie. I I remember I'm most familiar with the 1934 film adaptation. I believe it's an opera. Maybe I'm not sure what it's. It's not wasn't originally a movie. Um, but I'm I would say that the oldest. I I always claim that like Babes in Toyland or that version of Babes in Toyland is. Which for some mm-hmm. reason is t- often titled as "Night of the Women of the wi- of the Wooden Soldiers," um, which is not the title of the story. It's weird. It has two titles. It's 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 actually the story of Babes in Toyland, 
but it's a lot of people refer to it as Night of the Wooden Soldiers, which is the name of one of the like songs in the movie or one of the scenes in the movie. Okay. Uh, because like the whole the whole story is basically like it's a Christmas tale, like Santa and his mm-hmm. toys and the, mm. the ending and his scene. Boys. Is... <laughs> Santa the ending scene boy. is is basically Santa, like the ending scene involves a bunch of soul, a toy soldiers coming to life and like chasing away the boogeyman. But anyway, mm. um, and it involves a lot of like fairy tale characters, like the three little pigs and Bo Peep, um, and those kinds of people. And Barnabas is like this older man who. There's a, a woman, oh, I, f- I forget the woman's name, but there's you know the what's main... what's really funny is that Cornelius is the perfect name for this kind of character. <laughs> yeah, but my point is, sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but my point is, is that it's it's a pretty popular hench, yeah. hench like, kind of foppish, very Not henchman, because he's in charge, but it's a yeah. popular villain trope. It is a popular villain to trope. To villainize upper class british culture yeah and i also think and... it, i will say that i think that it kind of fits within at least like meet the robinson's aesthetic at least in the sense that like meet the robinson's is kind of an anachronistic but older trending feel like it like most of it's um i, Ooh, I found another one at least in the what oh sorry uh, I am totally listening to you, but at the same time, I'm researching all the concept art that I found for Bowler Hat Guy, which oh, I see. we will link to you because yeah, uh, we, we'll, we'll we'll describe it as best we can. But they're really cool. So, um, what were you saying? I was saying I was saying that like because um, Bowler Hat Guy because this movie kind of cribs a lot from like 50s and 60s aesthetic i think it makes sense for the main villain at least aesthetically to kind of pull from an older trope um, yeah because i'd say I think that this is much like Bowl- older though because there's nothing about bowler hat guy to me really reads all that much oh 50s. no de- he's de- definitely very victorian not. definitely not and like this Which trope is, is, even, in his is even older than too is even older than I forget what its older oldest thing according according to TV tropes it's older than radio so it's a pretty old trope ish as far as yeah I would say um, it's, it looks Victorian to me because I think the Victorian era was like a huge the a huge boom for British people it was like what the fifties are to America was the Victorian era yeah yeah so. and. And the only reason why I'm not saying that I think that Bowler Hat Guy is 50s, it's more that, like, I think the MTR tries for a very anachronistic but older trending style. As in, like, yeah, I can see that. So to me, like, as opposed to say trying to make a more modern villain with more modern sensibilities or more modern, yeah, feel or tropes with you know? the themes. So especially because. The Meet the Robinsons is based off of like the eccentric millionaire trope. It is, and yes. Modern millionaires are incredibly boring, but like yeah. eccentric old fashioned millionaires, that's the sweet spot. Yeah, so and so to complement that, you would have a an old fashioned villain, I guess. Yeah, I, I was gonna I say guess, something else, but I can't remember now. Yeah, I think we were getting to the point where it would have been nice to have 
more flavor to the dialogue or like to the prose to reflect mm-hmm. Goob's inner thought process. Like because the, I think the di- I think you're right. I think the 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 prose, at least in terms of its tone, is very utilitarian. Like it's not it's not yeah. necessarily personalized to Goob's this thoughts. This author doesn't know how to properly dramatize things either. So sometimes they'll be kind of clinically summarizing things mm-hmm. when they should really go in and like fulfill the potential that they're presenting us with so like yeah Goob was abused like please explain <laughs> right yeah and i mean not every fic need or every story rather needs to have a very it's clearly yeah. defined voice in the way that yeah. like you know you know i don't think uh, this story fails because it doesn't like go that mm-hmm. route but i think it would have made it for interesting like story and it would have helped they, us they... get more into into goob's head a bit better so um <laughs> i think have we talked about everything we wanted to talk about um have you yeah i mean there's just a lot of pros that i found very questionable mm-hmm. for example um helping children out is a bit weird. It is, right? Like, I mean, it's this a is... bit. It's a really terrible way to describe Mildred's job, in my opinion. It's like a little. Like, you can comedically describe it that way as an understatement, but that's, yeah. that's as good as it gets. Yeah, it kind of makes it seem like she only does this as, like, a side venture or as a hobby or, as a, or that she volunteers, but she's clearly, like, this is her job, so. It is a bit yeah. of a weird tone. And then another sentence, because his parents abused him and didn't care for him all that well. I'm like, if you, you know, like, if you mention that they abused him, you don't really need, you, you can't really make a joke that they didn't care for him all that well like, right after. <laughs> no, no, you really can't. Doesn't, it doesn't work that way. No, because, like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then one of the other little chunguses. Okay. The Chung guy, um, <laughs> when he says all the negative stuff, hang on, where is it? it when, uh, well, he is in Bowler Hat Guy, because we're assuming that this is, because it's in Bowler Hat Guy's point of view, mm-hmm. we just kind of assume that it's in his voice, like, or a, yeah. a combination of his voice and the narrator's voice. So the sentence is, Bowler Hat Guy concentrated on all the negative stuff, but even so, Mildred was there for him, even if she didn't like the mood he was in. So first mm-hmm. of all, they, they use the word even too many times. Even yes. is supposed to be, like in this case, like something, uh, like a, what's it called? A modifier? Or, um, you know those words that like intensify a sentence? Uh... But they're not really necessary? <sighs> I know what you're talking about. As in, if you're saying, like, oh, I had a super good time, as opposed to, I had a good time, you know? Mm. It's one of those words. I mean, it's technically... So if you put them in twice... Isn't that an adverb? Isn't that... Uh, no, there's a special kind hmm. of word for that, though. Um, I don't know. It, I'm reaching my limits adverb, as, a grammar- as a hobbyist grammarian, so... <laughs> With that uh, one, and but... my And my amateur psychology knowledge isn't gonna help us. But anyway... <laughs> Um, that sentence uses the words on all the negative stuff, mm-hmm. and that is word for word the vocabulary that you, that Lewis uses in the movie to describe what Bowler Hat Guy's doing. Because in the movie, Lewis is like, 
you can't just focus on all the negative stuff. Right. And I'm just like, why? Hmm. I think, I don't know if this is on purpose or if it's by accident, but either way, it, it's not, it doesn't usually work in the way that the author wants them, wants it to. Yeah. Yeah, they do crib a lot of uh, words from the they movie. They just, like, quote from the movie, and it just feels like a remix of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah, a bad and that's, way. That's a, and that's a whole different, I argue that's a whole genre of fic. <laughs> yeah. It's, we can't wait till we talk about a, this is basically just a retread of the movie, but, like, with some extra bits. Fun. Yeah, and, anyway. okay, the Mildred being an orphan thing mm -hmm. is... 100% kind of an overused trope. I feel like it's like this fandom really likes to overuse orphans and adoption. Right. And they don't tend to branch out beyond that. Yeah, which is like like for example, in the movie they want to adopt Goob and the reason they want to adopt Goob is because Goob still kind of thinks of himself as a little boy, and it would right. like symbolically be like reaching out to him and yeah. being their support network. But like they don't have to adopt Goob because he's an adult; they could just no. let him move in, yeah, right away, yeah. You know, but yeah. The I think a lot of the younger viewers took that very literally, mm -hmm. and then they're like everyone's gotta be adopted now everyone's gotta be <laughs> a an orphan and everyone's gotta be adopted yeah those are the rules yeah definitely which which is and kind like, of like kind of weird too because like i mean wilbur's not adopted yeah wilbur's we, doing fine we, we we assume we know for a fact that he's not adopted because he looks exactly like franny that's true yeah Franny is a copy machine. <laughs> the the Framaguchi jeans are strong. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I'm we... dead. <laughs> I mean, look, you're not wrong. You're 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 very spot on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like it just happens like literally all the time. There's people who are saying maybe the Framaguchis are orphans and I'm like guys please no <laughs> no like I at that point like it's kind of becomes like are you and it's like really, oh maybe like... Lucille is an orphan maybe Bud is an orphan and it's like the apparently the only way to show um sympathy towards Lewis in particular or Goob or other characters is mm -hmm. to be an orphan or to adopt orphans. Right. Or something, you know? Yeah. No, I totally uh, get you. It is It is a little It is a little unfortunate when people... Because, like, I mean, there's a lot of different like ways I would you want can make, like, a... Just a little bit. Yeah, Sorry? there's a lot of different ways that you can make people, like, make families, you know what I mean? Like, or have different family dynamics that don't involve adoption. So, it's very limiting when you pick yeah. or stuff like that. I mean, when you're a kid, I think that really that logic makes a lot of sense because when you're a kid and you have no support network the the primary thing that you're looking for is a parental figure yeah and if you're a minor then that would usually happen through like adoption and that happens in so many other movies like matilda Mm-hmm. you know yeah so i think 
I think there's a logic to it, but it's also kind of detrimental to the impact that people want to make in their stories because it's so repetitive and mm-hmm. they don't they they kind of assume that the readers will understand the logic so they don't try to back it up by making it like emotionally resonant yeah enough so you're just like oh they adopted them like okay that's cool yeah <laughs> yeah no there's a lot of there's a lot of fix that are that also take the adoption thing really weirdly but I mean, and this one kind of does too. But there are some some uh, definitely worse candidates in that mm-hmm. game. So I'm sure we'll talk about them and reference them at other points um, in our discussions yeah. here. There, there was one incident where the prose was like almost okay. Ooh, I'm trying to find it. Um, oh. evolve into the evil, wickedly ugly man he is today. It's this is like what I would prefer the whole story be like because that's how bowler hack guy talks yeah you know? mm-hmm. mildred the only person who cared which is the sentence they repeat a little too often mildred the mm-hmm. only person who cared was gone and it left mike to sulk and plan his revenge it left him to meet doris and it slowly helped him to evolve into the evil wickedly ugly man that he is today like that last bit was fine yeah and I think that's the silver lining. And I think if they had taken that like route, I think it would have made some of my thoughts about like so is so Mildred is the reason. It probably would have lessened the whole fridging aspect too, because then it could be. It would have like, really softened a lot of the hard edges, like yeah. a lot of the unbelievable stuff. Mm-hmm. If it was more strongly in Goop's voice, if it was more subjective, we could say oh, this is just a result of Goob's, like, warped worldview, and it's not, like, a weird thing that right. is contradicting reality, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of, it kind of, exp- it can, it, there's a bit more internal logic when it, when it's presented like that, I think. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't and really write too much about the prose. I, I guess maybe it's just because... There's a lot more notes I have on the prose, but overall... That's kind of the gist of it. Like, it's it's legible, but I think it's awkward to the point of being distracting, which is... Yeah. Which is a... Which is a strike for me, at least. Yeah, and I don't know. I think maybe because I've just been reading so many of these fics that, mm-hmm. you know, you just... Like, like, at some point, maybe I just had to, like, kind of give pros i might have otherwise been like wow this sucks a pass because it's like hey uh, well i've, for various I've other read reasons. enough fics to know that this is still much better than a lot of other fics oh yeah yeah no but I'm it's not... it's no the mall um but anyway um so now we should probably move on to our overall thoughts so um for me, I wrote this in my in my um, in my notes here. I said like the premise is pretty bittersweet, and the concept did have a lot of potential. It makes sense that BHD would have sentimental feelings about Mildred. Um, the prose wasn't the best. I didn't ma- mention the prose wasn't the best. Hey, look at me. Um, Yay. Sometimes I felt disjointed and overwrought, and also kind of weird, like weird tone problems too. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, the brief jump into Mildred's head didn't make any sense. I always have beefs whenever POV changes don't make any sense. But anyway, 
Um, and Wait, then there what? Was, oh, yeah. Because, well, like, when we... Yeah. I didn't, a, I didn't fully scene. understand what you said, but now I got you. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then I also said a lot of the events were weird, like the batting cages, smelling like PB&J, the crush bit, you know. There's a lot of really odd, I feel like if the details. prose was better, I could forgive a lot of these. But yeah. But altogether, they are like a big gaping hole in the story. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mostly, I'd say concepts was strong but the execution was a little was really where the misfire happened here i think um, yeah that's pretty much exactly what i wrote i wrote a sweet concept awkward execution yeah and, and I, I think i was being a bit generous there but <laughs> that's if the author is listening that's what i would say to this story that you wrote 10 years ago and because it's so old like you know we, we can forgive you. I mean, even yeah. even if it's not old, we can always forgive you for bad writing. But like, yeah, no, you know what I mean, yeah, like this is, you, <laughs> you know, know, I mean, I'd say, I'd say, you it know, needs for... edits. Yeah, it wasn't it's poorly. Not... It wasn't. It wasn't. We Wait, aren't in yikes territory. You it's know what not I mean? past the point of being saved, but it does need some edits. Is yeah. what I'm saying. That's and I agree with you on that one. And because you're so opinionated about Doris, I do have a question. Oh, hey. <laughs> sure. Um, this is a prose question, though. Okay. Because Doris doesn't really... Anyway. Doris beeped again and then let herself plop right back on Bowler Hat Guy's head. What do you, how do you feel about the word plop in this sentence? Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not very comfortable with it. Um... Mostly just because I, I always, look, I, as we'll probably find out, mostly just because I have some secret projects that I'm working on, on the side, Ooh. occasionally. Ooh. Most, most of them are just kind of, m most of them are just kind of thoughts that I have. I haven't actually written anything down yet, but uh, they are thoughts I really, that I... I really support you and your Doris fic. <laughs> uh, Thanks. Like, it's, I feel like it's a really good concept. Yeah, I think I think you can pull it off. Buddy. Yeah, so I've been I have a lot basically in summation. I have a lot of thoughts about Doris. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if they're necessarily original thoughts. I think a lot of people have had thoughts like mine, but I I honestly no had... one has really taken those same thoughts to like a very ambitious level, and it's it's a tiny Disney fandom that's like ten years old, so it's understandable. But like. I feel like they could have. Yeah, like I've only read. They, they could have within done so the, many more things with Doris. Within the within the two hundred as fix. a character, as a villain, as yeah. an invention of Neil's, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like there are so many things. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, nah. But what but, I was. Uh, oh, sorry. What I'm asking is whether or not the word "plop" can properly describe Doris and her movements i would say no plop is well i mean doris is weight obviously but mm -hmm. i she's a very mechanical being and i've always thought of her moving a little too perfectly for something like plop yeah. to be like good um because i mean like again she's a machine like a plop when someone plops down on a couch it's them basically giving into gravity and letting that letting gravity take them the rest of the way 
onto the couch, right? Yeah, it's usually when something falls, like, very, like, you know, without restraint. Yes. Or when something sags. Yeah. Equal lack of restraint. Like, you're just giving in to gravity. Yeah. Either way. And I, I kind of, I mean... And I kind of see Doris as a machine, as someone who probably wouldn't do that. Like, I feel like her her, her movements are too controlled. Right. Weird. <laughs> what I wrote in my notes was that Doris is too light to plop. She she glides around elegantly. This doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, that's... This has been um, the only one who cared... Yes. By Midnight Moon 14, mm-hmm. a review of Meet the Robinsons fic. Yeah. Um, but before we totally close out, I wanted to just, because I always like to mention the comments, at least. The reviews aren't that interesting. They I didn't really aren't. Write they any really, notes other than really that. Aren't. Some of them are very recent. Yeah. I think the most recent That's one the interesting was, part. It was two years ago, which is like, huh. Yeah. So people are still taking a game. I mean, we are. So I can't. I can't be too surprised. But like, well, that means we have. That means we have listeners, Alyssa. Hold on. Say that again. Oh. Uh, yeah. So one review says, "Wish this happened in the movie." Horror cupcake. That's a good username. I thought this was very sweet. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And then oh, are... one person talks about the music that was playing on their phone. <laughs> yeah, and I that's read that in my one notes. thing that can really sway your opinion of a fic is to play music while you're reading it. Yeah, but yeah, I do agree. Most of the comments are pretty. It's like, what's making me cry? Is it the song or is it the writing? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I think so. I think that's it, basically. I don't really have any. One of... Okay, one interesting thing. Mm-hmm. is that um, the person who commented that they were playing music while they read it, they also use XD. <laughs> and they commented it in 2014. I know. They're, they're, they're being all... Oh. They're being all raw random in 2014. God. Brave, brave stance right there. Uh, yeah, there's... There's nothing really interesting. One very first person to review it is called Gooby Fan. Uh, yeah. So that was basically our, as you said, our review of um the one, the only one who cared by Midnight Moon fourteen. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. Uh, so basically, I'm trying. To, we're, we're still working on our outro here, but um, so if you want uh, all of our links to everything that we do on the internet it should be wherever you found it yeah we 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 are on tumblr Mm -hmm. and we don't know where else we are i think we're going to be on youtube we we i made i made a youtube thumbnail so that's oh shit this is a long title this is going to be hard to do anyway (laughs) you're gonna i have faith in your graphics tumblr and Mm -hmm. we have like a symbolic sound cloud Yes, unfortunately, because we, we cannot... realize that SoundCloud has like very strict limits that make it hard for us to put a podcast on a free account. Yes, we would have to so... get, uh, we'd have to pay for a membership in order to post as often as we'd like on SoundCloud. So, yeah, we yeah. might. We'll we probably... may have an. We may host on other websites like Anchor or Podcast dot com. Mm-hmm. 
or red circle. Well, we don't know. Actually, whatever. It, you, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> yes, don't listen to we're, us. We're, we're currently, as we're us. recording this, we're still kind of figuring out the more technical mm-hmm. stuff, side of stuff. But um, we will mm-hmm. have links uh, on stuff. You can also find me on Twitter and on Tumblr at the Rational Dove. And you can also find some of my work on uh, stuff with the same name, too, um, if you're interested in that. Um, yeah, but all the relevant all relevant links to stuff we talked about, as well as stuff you want to promote, will be in any descriptions or wherever you might find links. So, yeah, please check, please yeah. check them out. Check out my co-host. Check out me. Check out everybody. Check out yeah, the person who than wrote fan this fiction. Stranger Than Fan Fiction podcast is on Tumblr. I'm on Tumblr as The Robinson Way of Life. And on ff.net as i. I'm sorry, i.d.gr. I'm sorry. I can't I can't even reliably remember my own username. And I'm also on AO3 as IDG, which is much easier to remember. Thank you for listening.